0: You're listening to the Telltale channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast, Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, spoke for a group called the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. I've been following these people for a while, so I know exactly how psychotic they are. While he was there, he compared himself to Moses. Surprisingly, that doesn't go over too well with Christian nationalists. I would have thought the opposite. In October 2023, Pastor Greg Locke held a revival in Times Square, New York City. He claimed to have banished all demons and restricted witches and warlocks from operating within the city. So I figure, hey, why don't we take a look at crime statistics for the following month after he left? If he really banished all demons from the city, that should show up in statistics, right? Unless they're lying to us and there's some conspiracy to cover it all up. You can't put anything past the deep state after all. Liz Crokin, famed QAnoner, got her beliefs reaffirmed recently when Elon Musk started tweeting out the QAnon conspiracies that she's been pushing since before QAnon even existed, 2016. As a result, advertisers jumped ship from Twitter, and Elon blamed the advertisers. Seriously. Let's take a look at the unhinged stuff he's been spouting off and how the QAnon world has reacted to it. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send me an email instead, go to owenmorgan.com and click contact me in the menu. All
1: right, this is what we need to do. We need to break this curse that has been spoken over this nation by the media this curse that has come from the White House.
0: Like, I don't know what curse he's talking about, quote unquote,
1: from the White House, what? If you have a incurable disease, I can't pray for everybody, so I limit to this. If you have an incurable disease or you have a terminal disease, if you can find your way over here.
0: I guess herpes qualifies, right? Because it's incurable?
1: i lay hands on you, gotta heal you. It's just that easy. We pray the prayer of faith and the Bible says God heals the sick so it's just that easy it's that simple just
0: this is a common little uh, charlatans trick they tell you that they're going to heal you they're going to faith heal you and if it doesn't work it's because you didn't have enough faith absolutely absurd and and disgusting on so many levels I got a voicemail about this I want to address in a
1: second keep listening here just boom and also though while I'm praying If you have some kind of issue you're dealing with, you're diabetic or whatever, you put your hand on yourself because there's an atmosphere of healing in this building.
0: Absolutely disgusting, man, for real. How do they get away with this? Check out the voicemail I got about this. Listen to uh, what they had to say here.
2: Hey Owen, my name is David, I'm from Indiana. Um, you know, I watch the, uh, people like Greg Locke and, uh, Kent Christmas and all these. Other that's
0: who we just listened to Kent Christmas. Yeah.
2: Christmas and all these other people that, you know, claim to have, you know, healing abilities. They can heal you just by praying over you. And, you know, obviously that's not true. We haven't seen any evidence that, you know, supports that. But I was wondering, do you think that they should be charged with some kind of crime for, um, for doing this for falsely uh healing people and putting them at risk i was just wondering uh thank you love your channel um hope you have a great day bye
0: it's a good question should they be put in jail should they be charged with a crime here's the thing about religion okay jim baker was uh you know televangelist jim baker he went on his program and sold colloidal silver it's just a silver solution It's Silver suspended in water, basically. And it's it's snake oil. It's fake. It doesn't do anything for anybody. It, it does, however, turn your skin blue. Seriously. Over the course of, uh, I don't know, decades, your skin turns blue. You can have the surface of your skin sanded off and regrow it, and it will be a normal color again, but your entire body is blue. That's all it does. Jim Baker goes out there on his program and claims that colloidal silver will heal the coronavirus. He said it will cure you of COVID or it will cure you of cancer or AIDS or whatever. I don't even know what he claimed. It's a, it was absolutely absurd. And it was, oh, God, the, the words on the tip of my tongue. It was just brazen and disgusting. He actually did get in trouble for that one. The thing is, scam artists... Are always looking for a new sucker. And if they have an audience, they have a group of suckers that will buy anything they sell colloidal silver, or I don't know, metarinum, or belladonna, or other homeopathic nonsense. My mom was into homeopathy when I was little, and um, my homeopathic doctor had his license stripped from him. So he could only practice as a homeopathic doctor instead of a real doctor because a license wasn't required in that field. Dead serious. I think he killed a couple of kids or something by giving them really, really bad medical advice. He was sued and had his license stripped or something. That was my doctor growing up. Seriously. Anyways, um, he prescribed me metarinum. So I, you know, when I was a little bit older, I looked at it like, what does metarinum do for you? I wonder. The answer is absolutely nothing, but it's super interesting to see what, you know, homeopathic nutcases say that it does for you. Let me see if I can find the uh, the page here. Dr. Homeo. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. This is what I was looking for. Okay. Well, it, it heals a variety of things. Metarhinum does. Of course, it's fake. It doesn't do anything for anybody. But uh, this is what they claim that it does for you. Weak memory and forgetfulness. It'll cure that. Forgetfulness of names, of, close, of, closed, of closed ones. I guess I meant of close ones. Even sometimes own words, spellings, and initial letters. What? Fear of dark and closed spaces. Claustrophobia. Misfortune. It'll cure misfortune, cancer, and sexually transmitted diseases. It cures drug abuse and alcoholism. It cures obsessive compulsive disorder, fear of contamination, germs, and washing hands again and again. It's a joke. It's all a joke. And it's no different than selling snake oil or colloidal silver. It's all the same garbage. Now, to come back around to what you were saying in the voicemail, that's what televangelists sell. They sell snake oil. They sell a fake cure to your problems. They tell you, are you poor? You're poor because you need to give me your money. And as a law of the universe... When you give me $10, God will give you back $100. Kent Christmas claims he's going to heal everybody in the room, but only regular tithers. If you're not a regular tither, if you don't pay 10% of your gross income over the year, then the healing won't work. June 2nd, 2022.
1: Many of you need to get ready because God's gonna, boy, I hear this, God's gonna pay off your house.
0: He's promising them something that he cannot
1: deliver. debt's being broken hallelujah hallelujah slip up your hands and begin to receive of the lord i cancel debt over every tither what was that say that one more time
0: debt over every tither every tither i cancel debt over every tither
1: i cancel debt over every tither in this building right now in Jesus' name, we cancel debt. Lord, loose the wealth of the wicked and give it back to the righteous in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So
0: anyways, the point that I'm so laboriously getting to here is that in any other context, what they're doing would be considered illegal. It would be considered scamming people out of money. In fact, that is what's happening. They're being scammed. But because it's a religion, there are no protections for it. In my opinion, if you are a religious person, you should want extremely, like excessive regulation to protect religious churchgoers or or church members from being scammed. Your pastor tries to sell you this nonsense cure for something Send him to jail for that, for scamming, for fraud. People shouldn't be allowed to get away with it. But scam artists like Kenneth Copeland, Kent Christmas, and all the other people you mentioned in the voicemail figured out a long time ago that religion is the one area that is exempt from the law. They can say or do whatever they want, and they'll be completely safe from prosecution, even though the things that they're saying and doing would be Enough to get them put in jail in any other context. So to answer your question, yes, they should go to jail for this stuff. They should be charged just like they were on the outside of a religion. Just like anyone who isn't affiliated with a church. And if you're religious, you should want that too. If religion doesn't have extreme protections, you're going to get a ton of scam artists coming in. Anyway, thank you for the voice. Man. I appreciate that. This guy rips me a new asshole. I don't know how else to put it. So you know what? I'm going to take it. In good cheer, and I'll take it on the chin and uh, let you rip me a new one. Go ahead.
2: Hey and I'm not in a state. I'm in a province in Canada. This is Mike from Toronto. Uh, Hello, Mike. Um, I listen to all your programs. I think you're amazing. I noticed today you were a uh, little people that say there is plenty of or whatever, like multiples saying there is.
0: Yeah, so uh, th- uh, let just elaborate a little bit for people who haven't heard this. When you're talking about a plural item, you don't say, there is five of them. You say, there are five of them, right? That's how language works. There are five. There is one. There are five. But people say, there's five constantly. And it drives me nuts. It's there are five. T-H-E-R-E apostrophe R-E. There are five not there is 5. Anyway, I was just that gets me so worked up. I just want to strangle somebody to death. Anyway, okay. Go on. You are correct. Good sir.
2: There's plenty of or whatever, like multiples saying there is. I find that just as annoying as you do. You probably find it annoying when somebody abbreviates you are with your and they are with their, and that kind of nonsense.
0: That is completely <laughs> That's completely misrepresenting my feelings. No, I don't have a problem with that. But okay, go on. You are with your
2: and they are with their and that kind of nonsense the thing is yeah and and the the reason why you don't like that is because you are a reasonably educated highly intelligent sophisticated citizen of earth okay to talk like that would be lowering yourself to hillbilly
0: that's not what it is it just drives me nuts when people call say there is five of something that's all that's it I'm around hillbillies all the time. I grew up in a hillbilly town with like 2,000 people in it, okay? That's not it, I swear.
2: To hillbilly. That's hillbilly talk. We understand each other in this, but here's the thing. You participate in hillbilly talk, my friend, all the time. You've got to stop saying anyways. The word-
0: Get a little closer to the mic there. I couldn't understand what you were saying.
2: The word anyways is only recently been put into the dictionary in the recent few years. And that, as an informal piece of sh So, the word is anyway. Do it, my man. Say anyway. Anyway. Anyway.
0: Okay, I appreciate the voicemail. Like I said, I'll take it in stride. I'll take that on the chin. I understand. <laughs> I understand your uh, unhappiness with my position. It's just really annoying when people say "there is," and it's everywhere. It's in video games. I've heard tons of uh, like live broadcasters say this on the news and on podcasts, and everywhere. It's everywhere. Anyways, is very much being worked into language, but there isn't a grammatical problem with anyways it's just the evolution of language there is five is simply grammatically incorrect that's all and i have no problem with contractions your you are y-o-u-r-e or any of that stuff so anyways i say stuff all the time that's not grammatically correct like where are you at even daniel poe i'm sorry yeah even daniel poe pointed that one out anyways where are you at I, mean, I use this stuff all the time it's just that one thing that drives me nuts so i'll take the dripping. And uh, and thank you for the uh, voicemail. He meant getting annoyed with people saying your instead of your. Y-O-U-R-E. Oh, did he? Okay, that could be. Anyways, all right. <laughs> there I go. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a problem with it. anyways. Interestingly enough, language does evolve. And uh, it appears as though, over the course of time, the word wedded is going to be deprecated in favor of the word "wed." Newly wed, newly wedded. Yeah, W-E-D is going to replace it. So, yeah, language evolves. I get that. But it doesn't evolve into complete grammatical nonsense. <laughs> All right.
2: Hey, Owen, this is Jasper.
3: Apologies on the last um, voicemail. I was, As I'm doing my deconstruction, I've kind of noticed how... Um, like the religion and diet culture are so tied up. I don't know if you have anything maybe to say about it. I don't know if purity culture is also a component of it. Would it be something you would be able to explore by chance, or is it just me?
0: Yeah, I appreciate the uh, voicemail. Interesting question. So diet culture seems to be linked or tied together with religious culture. I have never noticed that it might be a regional thing for you or it might be like a denominational thing where certain denominations believe that you should look good for your husband or and they're really, really obsessive over it or, you know, a a variety of other things. I appreciate the voicemail. I haven't noticed that trend personally, but let me know in the comments if you've noticed it and uh, let the caller know too. just tell me if you guys have noticed something like that. Next up, Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, spoke for a group called the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. I've been following these people for a while, so I know exactly how psychotic they are. While he was there, he compared himself to Moses. Surprisingly, that doesn't go over too well with Christian nationalists. I would have thought the opposite. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. This is Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House at this immediate moment, that could change pretty quickly, accepting his role as Speaker. He had just won the Speakership, and this was I don't know what you call it, not coronation, but his uh, swearing in or whatever. People asked where his wife was, because he's a far-right religious nutter-butter of epic proportions, right? And his wife being there is like a necessary part of the equation. She spent the last uh, couple of weeks on her knees in prayer to the Lord, and um, she's a little worn out. In prayer to the Lord. Okay. In prayer to the Lord. Wow. Fantastic. Well, he showed up at this event called the National Association of Christian Lawmakers Conference. I don't know. NACL is a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to trying to get religious extremists elected into public office and get extreme anti-gay and anti-trans bills pushed through we're going to look at like a number of different speakers that were at the event mike johnson was there but let's start with this guy named e.w jackson i've only talked about him once or twice on my channel ever but uh yeah you know what i'm gonna give you guys a test okay this comes with a test so let's see how you guys do. Just listen to this and I'll give you guys a test, okay? Early December 2023.
4: I would suggest to you that we start examining even our vocabulary. Uh, those of you who've known me for a while know I refuse to use the word gay because to be gay means to be happy, to be joyful, to be carefree. And there's nothing happy, joyful, or carefree about being a homosexual in rebellion against Almighty God. I refuse.
0: Okay, Grandpa, the term gay meant happy like 50 years ago. It has a completely different meaning now. Do you need your blanket, Grandpa? Did you take your medicine? Should I go get medicine and water for you? There's something called the uh, euphemism treadmill, okay? If, If you're unfamiliar with this term, the euphemism treadmill is a term that refers to the phenomenon where words are deprecated over time people are less willing to use words over time for example back in the 1920s the term poppycock was all over the place everybody was saying oh poppycock that's ridiculous until it became kind of offensive and then everybody moved on used a different term for example the term baby vamp was pretty popular in the 20s a pretty or popular female student to beat one's gums idle talk someone beats one's gums when they are all talk no action this person was bent means drunk bellbottom meant a sailor you know and over time these things just you know people weren't interested in them anymore bimbo a tough guy apparently blotto meant drunk anyways these terms went sour and fell out of use for one reason or another Because they were offensive or because people just found a better term or whatever. Like, that's just how words work, right? And in every single generation, every one, there is always somebody complaining about kids these days and how they're different from kids back in their day, right? So here's the test, okay? We're going to play a little game, and the the game is who said it, okay? Okay. I've got four sayings, and I've got four pastors here, or four religious nutcases. Jason Rapert, E.W. Jackson, who we just listened to, Candace Taylor, and Greg Locke. Okay? So let's play the game. Here's the first saying. Women dress like prostitutes. It's like there's no social restraint anymore. The world sets the tone in society today. Can you guess? A, B, C, or D? It was Oswald Spengler from 1933. Women painted like prostitutes, throwing off every kind of social restraint. All of these go to prove that this is now the vulgar mob that gives the tone. All right, let's do another. And for real, this one's on the list, I swear. Okay. (laughs) I'm just messing with you guys. Let's hit a real one on the list. Okay. See if you can guess this one. Entertainment today is consuming and poisoning people's mind and corrupting the morals of children. That's definitely somebody on the list, right? Those were memoirs of the Bloomsgrove family, Reverend Enos Hitchcock, 1790. So I'm just messing with you guys, okay? I, I do seriously have a list here for these people. All right, let's try one for real. This one is really on the list, okay? The clothes people wear is getting more debased as we go on, and the language people use is obscene. Can you guess which one? It was Yoshida Kenko, 1330. I'm I'm just messing with you guys for real. This one is actually real. You know, I have one more, and I, I really did put one on the list, okay? The children you see today have bad manners. They don't even care what their parents say. They act like little tyrants instead of cleaning the house like they're supposed to. Can you guess which one it is? It was Socrates. Socrates said that. Socrates lived under the Greek Empire, and that specific idea was communicated by Kenneth John Freeman in 1907, compiled from his thoughts and writings. I hope that this served as a lesson to everybody that all the way back in the 1330s, was that the earliest one I have? Uh, Yeah, 1330, 1790, 1933, and then Socrates, of course. Socrates was uh, 470 to 399 BC. Fascinatingly, Socrates was actually given the death penalty for corrupting the youth. He was forced to take Hemlock as punishment for corrupting the youth. Seriously. I get so sick of hearing people complain about kids these days, like, kids these days are like a new generation that is uniquely terrible as if these guys weren't just as like what terrible is this generation guys please don't be don't be this guy all right don't be like this when you get older
4: i'm being a homosexual in rebellion against almighty god i refuse
0: don't be like this guy okay our time is coming we're gonna be his age one day don't be him Anyway, they had other absolutely psychotic stuff at uh, this NACL convention. Early December 2023 is when the convention took place, right? Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House of Representatives, called himself Moses. Listen to this.
5: The Lord told me very clearly to prepare and be ready. Be ready for what? Okay, I don't know. We're coming to a Red Sea moment. What does that mean, Lord? Um, and then when the speaker's race happened and, and, and Kevin McCarthy, who's a dear friend of mine, was deposed, uh, vacated from the chair. Oh, wow. Well, this is what uh, the Lord may have been preparing us for. And so um, I, I was started praying more about that. And then the Lord began to wake me up uh, through this three-week process we were in. They're talking
0: about, like, when... They were voting for new speakers of the house. They just couldn't decide on somebody. And the Lord was guiding his decision. The Lord. Right. Okay, go on.
5: Tonight, And and to speak to me and to write things down, plans and, and procedures and ideas on how we could pull the conference together. Now, at the time, I assumed the Lord is going to choose a new Moses. And oh, thank you, the Lord. Lord, you're going to allow me to be Aaron to Moses. And so
0: why does he think the speaker of the house is Moses? What? connection to Moses does the speaker of the house have what about the majority leader in the senate isn't isn't he like Moses like why is he any different than the speaker of the house they basically fulfill the same role for two different pieces of one branch of government it's it's odd i've never heard anybody in congress ever label themselves and their position in government as a position of Moses, that's bizarre.
5: Moses, and so I, I, I worked to get Steve Scalise uh, elected speaker. That didn't happen, and then Jim Jordan, who's like another big brother of mine. No, that didn't happen, and then Tom Emmer, and you know, ultimately, thirteen people ran for the for the post. Um, and and the Lord kept telling me to wait, wait, wait. So I waited, I waited, and then at the end, when it came to the end, the Lord said, "Now step forward." Me? I, I'm, I'm supposed to be Aaron. No, the Lord said, "Step forward."
0: He just called himself Moses for real. That did not go over well with very many people. So naturally they removed the clip from the NACL website. Unfortunately, this clip was recorded on some kind of absolutely terrible equipment. I don't know. It was from Right Wing Watch. There was something really messed up about their audio track. I put in like 45 minutes to try to fix the audio tracks on this stuff. And as you can tell, I didn't fix it very well. There's only so much you can do. But anyways, Mike Johnson and the rest of the NACL movement have serious problems. Apparently, they view the Speaker of the House as Moses. Listen to what Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, has to say about the idea that there are non-religious people in his, uh, you know, in government, late October 2023.
5: And that's why it's so jarring to be sitting in the greatest deliberative body in the world, the United States Congress, mm. and to hear elected representatives of the people—you know, every member of Congress, every member of the House—represents roughly seven hundred sixty thousand citizens. Right. right. So there's a singular voice on behalf of all those people, and some of these voices now are in this chamber arguing that our rights do not come from God. Mm. House, you know,
0: think about how who who is arguing that in the chamber of the House? I have never heard a single person in the House of Representatives or the Senate, or honestly, any high post in government ever say our rights do not come from God. You know why? Because we've never had an atheist president or an atheist member of the Senate. I think we had one atheist congressman at one point. Maybe we still do. I'm not sure. Out of thousands and thousands and thousands over the years. Nobody's saying this. He's creating a fictitious scenario and getting outraged by it. And aside from that, we're going to talk about that too in just a second, like the idea of that.
5: But our rights do not come from God. Mm. How sc- you know, think about how scary that is. If you, if you believe your rights come from government.
0: You know what scares me? The fact that the Speaker of the House doesn't seem to understand the difference between not accepting that our rights come from God and believing that they come from government. Those are two different positions. You can not accept that they came from God without thinking they came from there. Absolutely insane, man. And it's a shame to know that he is in one of the most influential seats in the country, arguably in the world. How is it that somebody got to this level that doesn't have seemingly any training in basic logic? This is real basic stuff. This is stuff you learn in, well, I don't know if you learn this in school, come to think of it, you should. This is like the very first thing you learn in logic or philosophy classes, that not false is not the same as true and vice versa. Not innocent does not mean guilty. You know, people have this presumption of innocence until proven guilty. It's built on the exact same idea that this guy doesn't seem to be able to grasp. So he thinks that if they don't believe that, that rights came from God, then people think they came from government. Go on.
5: Rights do not come from God. Mm. How sc- you know, think about how scary that is. If you, If you believe your rights come from government, then it means you don't really owe any allegiance at all to God.
0: Well, as a political actor, you shouldn't. I mean, that shouldn't be a part of the equation anywhere. But, of course, he doesn't care about any of that. He's a member of the NACL, National Association of Christian Lawmakers, and as such, wants to cram God down everybody's throat at any cost. Yeah.
5: You have no accountability. Well, you're you know. not free.
0: You're not free because... The- Freedom is slavery. It Sound familiar? Didn't uh, George Orwell say that in the book 1984? Freedom is slavery. I mean, it's so on the notes. You're not free because you're not following all these strict rules that God has for you, and he's going to punish you if you don't. That's freedom? Okay?
5: You have no accountability. Well, you're you not know. free. You're not free because the people who are governing you and giving you things in exchange for those things mm-hmm. always comes a sacrifice of your liberty.
3: Absolutely.
0: What sacrifice of my liberty comes with making sure that medicaid is available to the poorest in the country what sacrifice of my liberty comes with making sure food stamps are available to people or making sure that slavery is banned that discrimination is banned what sacrifice am i giving to get those benefits absolute psychosis man this guy's got serious problems Anyway, this is uh, Jason Rapert. He is, I I think, maybe the founder of NACL. He's very high up in it, if he isn't the founder. Maybe he founded it with some other people. Anyway, he's giving Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House Mike Johnson, an award at the NACL conference. Again, this is one of the really poor quality audio ones. Sorry.
1: Tonight we have the special honor of presenting this to you. Thank you. And I'll read this to you, and to do the honor, The National Association of Christian Lawmakers bestowed this award in honor of a lifetime of service to God and country, public service to the state of Louisiana and the United States of America, devotion to the U.S. Constitution, service as the 56th Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, statesmanship, bold Christian leadership, and faithful service to our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: I mean, you're seeing how they're completely intertwining jesus with government right this is literally outlined by the founding fathers that they did not want this to happen they specifically said it in their papers that they wrote their letters and they even put it in the constitution i don't know how they could have been clearer they specifically said don't do this and here we are now you know why the founding fathers said don't do this if for no other reason than because there was a state church when they came over from England. They used to impose religion upon people, and the Founding Fathers didn't like that. They didn't want that anymore. They thought that it took away from people's freedom, and they were absolutely correct. You should be allowed to worship any way you see fit and not have somebody else's interpretation of your religion imposed upon you. If you're a Christian, you should not want anything to do with this religion, with this interpretation of Christianity. It's psychotic. This interpretation of Christianity, you know what? I don't even need to explain it. I'll let Jason Raper describe it for me. Late September 2023, dude that just gave Mike Johnson that award. Check this out.
1: I've talked with parents, their kids, some of them adult children, have been ensnared with this LGBTQ cult, and they've cut them off. You are in a
4: cult, and in the name of Jesus Christ, I stand against this devil of hell, this LGBTQ cult in our country. I command you in the name of Jesus to be thrown down.
0: You know what Jesus said? about the LGBT community? He said nothing because he didn't care. LGBT community is mentioned in a total of six verses, three in the New Testament, three in the Old Testament, although one of the New Testament verses was copied verbatim from another verse. Once in Corinthians, one of the Corinthians, once in Timothy, and once in Romans, I think. The Timothy and Corinthians one were copied. None of those, if you notice, are... From Jesus' own lips, none of those letters included what Jesus had to say. Those are letters from Paul, a guy that never met Jesus, a guy that didn't know Jesus, only knew a few stories about him, and only knew people that knew Jesus. All he really knew was the culture of the Christian church at the time that he was getting involved in it, years after Jesus had already died. So what did Jesus say the expectations were for people to get into the kingdom of God? Paul was arguably derogatory about the LGBT community, but I I don't even agree with that exactly. I don't want to go down the road right now. Jesus said, this is what you need to do to get into God's kingdom. He said it in the uh, sheep and goats parable. He looks to the sheep and says, I was thirsty and you gave me water. I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was homeless and you gave me shelter, something to that effect. And the sheep said, Lord, we didn't even know you. We didn't even know you. How could we have done that? And he said, what you've done to the least of my brothers and sisters, you've done to me. And they are welcomed into the kingdom of God. So what did Jesus say was expected of people to get into the kingdom of God? be a good person, love your fellow man, find the weakest, most troubled individual you can, and give them everything that you have to help uplift them, rise them up out of poverty. So this guy should, instead of talking about gay people, which is a subject Jesus never talked about, he should be talking about feeding the homeless or even housing the homeless, right? Shouldn't that be at the very top of his agenda of the NACL if he's a Jesus follower? Would you be surprised to find that giving homes to the homeless or creating you know, shelters for the homeless or feeding the homeless or whatever isn't on their agenda at all? Would you be surprised to find that out? These people are not like Jesus at all. If you are a Christian, you should want nothing to do with these people. You shouldn't want them anywhere near government because of who they are and what they believe and their bastardized interpretation of the Bible, their completely backwards idea of what the Bible endorses and what it opposes and everything else. Now, as far as the Romans verse and the Timothy verse and and the other stuff that, you know, the Bible talks about, the three Old Testament verses that refer to being gay are completely irrelevant because they were from the old law. And since you're a Christian, Jesus came back and fulfilled the old law. We don't follow it anymore. We don't even pay any attention to it. He replaced it with new commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself and love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, strength, body, everything. Those were the new commandments that Jesus laid down. So the other three irrelevant. Don't even care what they say. Now, the three in the New Testament, again, were written by Paul and arguably don't even talk about what we understand to be gay. Based on the specific words used in the Book of Romans, I mean, the books of uh, the I think it's Second Corinthians, maybe, and uh, Second Timothy. I don't remember which of the Timothys and Corinthians it's from. Those verses are easily explained away. Like those were not talking about what we understand to be gay marriage at all. But the Romans verse seems a little bit more damning. The original language used in those verses and the culture surrounding it referred to people who engaged in pederasty, which is taking a young boy as a pupil and doing absolutely terrible things with him, basically. And it also referred to basically being a bottom, seriously, being weak, being the passive participant in the equation. That's what Paul was talking about. So anyways, the Bible, in my opinion, at least your Bible, the New Testament, the one you should care about, doesn't condemn homosexuality. And that's not just my opinion. That's the opinion of experts in the field. But does he care about that? Of course not. He's come up with a pretext to hate people that he wants deeply to hate. He's found the pretext for it, and now he's pushing it as much as he possibly can, and he's getting into public office, and he's getting other people into public office as much as he can to try to change the laws. Dude is terrible, and I'm sorry to say that one of his minions is now Speaker of the House. Again, not for long. I don't want anybody to feel like down about this. This guy probably won't be Speaker the next time around when there's an election again and everything else we'll see and he has very little power right now because it's so split down the middle but he's still the speaker i mean these ideas have risen to the top of political conversation and that should be disturbing in its own right anyway, let me know what you think about it in the comments next up In October 2023, Pastor Greg Locke held a revival in Times Square, New York City. He claimed to have banished all demons and restricted witches and warlocks from operating within the city. So I figure, hey, why don't we take a look at crime statistics for the following month after he left? If he really banished all demons from the city, that should show up in statistics, right? Unless they're lying to us and there's some conspiracy to cover it all up, you can't put anything past a deep state after all. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description.
4: What you have is bipolar disorder. What you have is a spirit that needs to be cast out so you can have some peace is what you've got.
0: This is Greg Locke. If you're unfamiliar, he's a hate preacher, televangelist, megachurch pastor, that kind of guy, right? Well, he held a revival quote-unquote in times square new york city not too long ago and while there he exercised demons and he banned witches and warlocks from operating within the city now greg locke is of the mind that he can exercise demons from people and just like that any ailment they have will clear right up as you heard a second ago bipolar disorder or a variety of other things Matter of fact, I have a list of things that it cures. We're going to look at it in a second. Just listen to the rest of this. We're going to look at the list of ailments he can cure by exercising demons, supposedly. One of them is high blood pressure. And then we're going to look at New York City crime statistics in October and November. If he's real, we should see a difference, right? A substantial drop, a real big drop after he exercised demons from the city. Keep listening here. Some of you have
4: given the devil legal authority and grounds and rights to your life because you believe the medical diagnosis when a doctor looks you in the face and says, well, what you have is bipolar disorder. What you have is a spirit that needs to be cast out so you can have some peace is what you've got.
0: It's really, really predatory to me that this guy is pushing a basically like a faith-healing ideology on people, right? He can heal people through the power of Jesus, and they won't need to take their medicine anymore. They won't need to get cancer treatment. They won't need to do any of it.
4: Multiple personality disorder. It's demonization is what it is, 1,000%. I don't care what the newspaper says. We see it every week. Did you know that we could go to a, a crazy house? right now, moaning, screaming, crying, and all they do is keep them doped up on medication and keep them worse. Get them off that medication for about 45 hours and let me and the deliverance team walk up in one of them crazy houses with some Bibles and some anointing oil, and I'm telling you, we can cast out the spirit of multiple personality, insanity,
0: madness, the lunatic spirit. So he's pretty clear here. He's capable of casting out demons left and right. And he showed up to Times Square to do a revival. I couldn't find the original clip, but here's me talking about it originally on uh, November 7th. Listen to this.
4: Every witch and warlock, you are unauthorized.
0: That's Greg Locke's um, exorcist. He basically taught Greg Locke how to do exorcisms.
4: And this city belongs to jesus the christ
0: so he's giving the city over to jesus and banning witches and warlocks from operating within city limits
4: and there is a gideon army
0: all right listen to my breakdown of the situation here this is from november 7th the date was november 7th 2023 When we get the new Manhattan crime statistics for November 7th, 2023, I'm going to look at them and evaluate whether or not the revival that he did decreased crime or decreased the number of homeless people or the number of disabled people or mental conditions or anything. I will look for any anomaly at all in crime or anything. I'm actually, I'm going to set a reminder. I was just trying to find out when the new crime statistics come out. We should have crime statistics for November when Greg Locke did this on December 8th. Let me just set a reminder. Hang on. I'll be watching, Greg. We'll, We'll see. Looking for any anomaly at all. And here we are now after those crime statistics came out and we can look we can find out if he was for real or not before we look at the crime statistics though let's just kind of peruse through his deliverance handbook here just take a look at some of the things that he can supposedly cure through exorcism deliverance means exorcisms by the way so let's see what he can exercise the demons that he can exercise God will deliver you from your enemies, not your friends. You must hate demons and count them as your enemies, okay? So expected manifestations. These, Anything that I'm about to list is the result of a demon. This demon is producing this effect on people. The demon of screaming, sweating, burping, coughing, sneezing, yawning, sudden urge to urinate, Trembling, spitting, cursing, sobbing, itching, nervousness, vomiting, dizziness, tension, release, slash peace. Don't know what that one means. Skin irritation, the demon of laughter. The demon of laughter. Don't want people doing that, right? So in the opener of this deliverance manual, this exorcism manual, he has people do this incantation, basically. I renounce all lust, perversion, immorality, uncleanness, blah, blah, blah. And then he continues on to describe some of the other demons that people can have. Occult, I bind and break every spell, every curse, every hex, and every vex in Jesus' name. You're supposed to list all of these things. Psychic prayers, enchantments, spells, fortune-telling, tarot cards, water witching, whatever the hell that is. Necromancy, divination slash python. I have no clue what that is. Potions, Ouija boards, Zozo. I don't know what Ouija boards Zozo is. Crystal Balls, Bloody Mary, The Bell Witch, like horror movies, Halloween, idolatry. This is just bizarre. Seriously. Yin Yang is on the list. Covens, sage, tea leaves, oaths, covenants. Here are the religious spirits. Eastern mysticism, the spirit of legalism, the spirit of denominational spirits, lukewarm, lukewarm church. It means you're not extreme enough. The spirit of Scientology, interesting. The spirit of Confucianism, of Zen, Buddhism, Babylonian spirits, Pazuzu. Okay, interesting. Let's see. I was looking for, oh, here's something, Leviathan. I do break the curse of Leviathan back to 10 generations on both sides of the family, and I destroy my legal rights or grounds that give evil spirits reason to operate. I destroy all of these in Jesus' name. And here's some stuff on the list: hindering spirits, pride, control, impatience, rebellion, vanity, gambling, vandalism, slumber, laziness. Not good to slumber, I suppose. Break the curse of poverty. Poverty's not allowed. If you're in poverty, it's because you don't love God enough, apparently, or something. The demon of lying, of exaggeration, of evasiveness, haughtiness. That's an interesting word. It's a word you only ever hear in religious context. I'm actually a fan of the word haughty. Always look for an opportunity to use it. Haughty and uh, what are some of the others here? Unction is another word. Um, exhort, words you only ever hear in a religious context. obeisance and bosom are the other two I have written down here anyway. That's neither here nor there. The point is, he's got a gigantic list of demons that he can like, exercise from people, and on this list are things that, like the demon of bedwetting, the demon of pharmacia, which makes you have high blood pressure. If you have an exorcism performed on you, you won't have high blood pressure anymore. So you're getting the idea here, right? You're getting the idea that Greg Locke believes he can cure any ailment, and he just did in New York City. He passed a blanket of safety, of exorcism over the city of New York, at least over Manhattan, right? So how'd that turn out for him, I wonder? Well, here we have the crime statistics for New York City. This is for the month of October 2023. This one is for the month of November 2023. Now, I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm just going to tell you what I found, okay? I found that crime is up from October to November slightly, but crime is down dramatically from last November to this November. You know what that means? It means that this is a trend of going downward over the past year and isn't an effect of what Greg Locke did over the past month. It means he lied. He fabricated this. I mean, I don't know how to make it any clearer. Let's read some of the crime statistics here. In October 2023, the NYPD made 361 arrests for gun possession citywide, bringing the total number of gun arrests to 3,735 year-to-date through October. Gun seizures across the five boroughs so far this year amount to 5,585 through the end of October. Okay, so 361 arrests for gun possession in October, right? How many in November? We had 326 arrests in November for gun possession. 361 to 326. So, this is one of those rare instances where it's off by like a a couple percentage points. I thought Greg was more powerful than that. What happened? Arrests for major index crimes citywide increased 12.5% from 4,520 versus 4,018 in November compared to a year ago and rose 12% year to date. 49,031 versus 43,772. So actually, crime is up in November. I thought that it was down from the previous year. Arrests across all categories increased 14.8% in November. Huh, how about that? Look at that. Interesting, right? Curious. Greg Locke claimed to have come into Manhattan and banished all demons, witches, and warlocks from operating within the city. And here we sit reading crime statistics. Looks like they're worse than they were before he came. If I were a conspiracy theorist, I might suspect that maybe he called the demons in to New York City with his false religion, but I'm not, so. Overall crime in the New York City transit system decreased 2.5% year to date. In comparing November 2023 to November 2022, crime rose by 21 incidents, or 10.1%. Driven by felony assaults on members of law enforcement and by grand larceny, a category that includes the stealing of purses, wallets, and other personal items belonging to subway riders that are taken without the use of threat or physical force. So yeah, seems like a lot of things are actually up here. A lot of crime is up. I mean, it's not up by that much. Just a a few incidences across a variety of fields or a variety of um, issues. But it should be down. In fact, it should be zero, according to Greg Locke, right? Didn't Greg tell us he was exercising demons from the city? What happened, Greg? This was your opportunity to prove it to us. This was your chance to show us that you know what you're doing, that you can exercise demons from people, remember? What happened to this line right here? Moaning, screaming, crying, and all they do is keep them doped
4: up on medication and keep them worse. Get him off that medication for about 45 hours and let me and the deliverance team walk up in one of them crazy houses with some Bibles and some anointing oil, and I'm telling you, we can cast out the spirit of multiple personality,
0: insanity, madness, the lunatic spirit. That was your opportunity, Greg. You came to New York City. You came to Times Square. How much did that cost him? Millions, certainly, right? I would guess at least a million dollars just to rent Times Square, for three hours i think he was there for three hours rented out the entire space bleachers and everything else he was there for like three hours casting demons out of new york city en masse. what happened why do we still have disabled people in the city why do we still have homeless why do we still have gun crimes why do we still have transit crimes why do we still have larceny grand theft auto and stuff like that why do we have all that i thought you banished this stuff from the city Anybody surprised to find that Greg was just lying? My question is, does he believe the nonsense that he spews? Does he believe his own BS? There are a few occasions where I have caught Greg outright lying, straight up lying. But I think he justifies that by saying, well, it's in defense of God and anything's justified in the defense of God, so it's okay. Does he think that he can cast out the demon of Belial of Jezebel of Lilith, Delilah, Ahab, Rahab, Nimrod? Does he think he can cast out the demon of incubus, succubus, pornography, seducing spirits, nakedness, the demon of nakedness, of fornication, adultery, divorce, illegitimacy? Does he really believe this about himself? Or is he just playing an act? An act that, without fail, gets proven wrong time and time again. The orphan spirit, the spirit of abandonment, of rejection, of self rejection, of grief, neglect, outcast, loneliness, isolation, depression, unworthiness, despair, oppression, ridicule, anxiety. I mean, all of these are demons that he can cast out, apparently. The demons of addiction, alcoholism slash drunkenness, pharmakia that's an actual demon name, he believes. And if he exercises the demon of pharmakia, you will no longer need. High blood pressure medicine. The demon of nicotine, of gluttony, anorexia, bulimia, medication spirits, <laughs> medication spirits, video games slash entertainment. Oh, that's under the addiction section. Fascinating. Entertainment is an addiction, apparently. Social media. Look at Greg Locke, of all people, talking about the addiction of social media. The demon of Santeria, of destruction slash destroyer, of Lucifer, of Molech of slash abortion. Apparently abortion is a demon. Or the demon of abortion. Misery, murder, torment, torture, nightmares, visual images. Yeah, here we go. I was just searching for this one. I renounce the medical diagnosis that gives demons legal authority over my life. He, he basically he's exercising the demons of insanity, schizophrenia, nerves? What is nerves? Didn't he say earlier that he exercises the demon of anxiety? Isn't I mean How are the two things different? PTSD, trauma, Alzheimer's, dementia, the demon of bedwetting, the demon of autism. Oh boy, that one got him in some hot water. I remember when he put that one out. Greg Locke claimed that he could cure autism.
4: Do not, do not jump up right now and rebuke me for what I'm about to say. On three occasions, we're going to go through all of them, not today, thank God. On three occasions... Kids were brought to Jesus. Not of their own will, of their own volition, but by their parents that had epileptic fits, anger issues, outbursts of emotion.
0: I mean, do I need to point out the obvious? Greg Locke talking about outbursts of emotion and uh, and of social media really.
4: And because we've called it possession Parents refuse to deal with it. Are you telling me my kid's possessed? No, I'm telling you, your kid could be demonized and attacked, but your doctor calls it autism.
0: That was not a popular stance in his church. Oh, boy. Let me tell you something about being canceled, okay? You can't be canceled unless it's being canceled by your own community. Your own fans, your own listeners are the only ones that can do it. That's why Donald Trump is basically uncancelable. He could do anything. He could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and not lose a voter because his voters will never cancel him. They know he's a scumbag. That's what they love about him. He can literally do a coup against the U.S. government. And no matter how many people come out and and point this out and say this is wrong, this is evil, we don't want this, doesn't matter. His fans are with him to the bitter end, period. You cannot be canceled unless your own audience does it, and your own audience won't do it unless you do something out of character, unexpected. If Ben Shapiro came out in favor of trans rights tomorrow, he'd be canceled instantly. He would be scrubbed from the face of the internet forever. There is a Scenario in which Donald Trump could be cancelled if he came out as gay tomorrow, and announced that he had a husband, instantly cancelled. He wouldn't win another election for the rest of his few short years that he has. Greg Locke was straight up, at least borderline cancelled, for that autism take. Oh my god, I, I I just loved watching that take place. It was fantastic. He was also largely canceled, Greg Locke was, for his position on the flat earth, refusing to accept that it's flat, insisting that it's a globe, correctly. He was canceled because half of his congregation is apparently made up of flat earthers. So all that stuff is a bridge too far for Greg Locke. He can't get on board with the flat earth, but he can get on board with the idea that there's a demon of bedwetting and of autism and ADHD, and schizophrenia, and bipolar disorder, and PTSD that need to be exercised from people. Well, as we've seen, those exorcisms don't do anything for anybody. So you had your opportunity, Greg, and you dropped the ball. Next up. Liz Crokin, famed qanon got her beliefs reaffirmed recently when Elon Musk started tweeting out the QAnon conspiracies that she's been pushing since before QAnon even existed, 2016. As a result, advertisers jumped ship from Twitter and Elon blamed the advertisers. Seriously. Let's take a look at the unhinged stuff he's been spouting off and how the QAnon world has reacted to it. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad free complete videos. All links are in the description.
3: Do you think that Elon Musk would be putting a laser pointer on Pizzagate if it was just a conspiracy theory?
0: This is Liz Crokin. She's a QAnoner, and she was just emboldened and reaffirmed or validated in her absolute delusion by Elon Musk. If you've never heard of Pizzagate, you know, I'm I'm just going to let Liz Crokin described Pizzagate for me, just give you an idea of what Pizzagate is. It was the predecessor to QAnon. Just listen to this, mid-May, 2023.
3: As most of you guys know, I've been exposing Pizzagate since 2016, okay? Yes, yes. it's been a very long seven years, let me tell you. Somehow I'm still here. But for those that don't know, Pizzagate's very simple. WikiLeaks?
0: It's really not simple. It's as complex and windy as... You, you guys ever seen, like, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with, like, the wall with all this stuff? And I think it's Charlie. I've never even seen the show, but Charlie is, like, convinced there's a conspiracy. It was because he kept getting some dude's mail. This is what I think when I think about Pizzagate or Liz Crokin or QAnon in general right here.
4: Talk about the mail, please, Mac. I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? Pepe Sylvia, this name keeps coming up over and over again. Every day, Pepe's mail is getting sent back to me. Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. I look at the mail, well, this whole box is Pepe Sylvia. So I say to myself, I got to find this guy. I got to go up to his office. I got to put his mail in the guy's goddamn hands, otherwise he-.
0: <laughs> Anyway, that's what she reminds me of, seriously. But it's real simple, right? Okay, yeah, super simple.
3: But for those that don't know, Pizzagate's very simple. WikiLeaks... Unleashed the Podesta emails.
0: John Podesta was Hillary Clinton's campaign manager in 2016. Russian hackers got into his email system through a spear phishing uh, hacking attempt. It was successful. They sent an email to him and told it pretended it was from Apple or Google or something. and said, we need you to sign in and update your security preferences or something. He clicked the link in the email. It directed him to a website that looked exactly like Apple or Gmail or whatever it was that they got him on. He types in his username and password, and then it forwards him to the actual website. And he's like, oh, it didn't work. Weird. I guess maybe I mistyped it. He types it in again, and he really does log into Apple. sees there's nothing to do there. Leaves. Now Russian hackers have his username and password. They log into his email account. They download all of his emails, release them through WikiLeaks. That's what she's talking about here. That was all during 2016 when Russia was trying to get Trump elected.
3: Unleashed the Podesta emails in 2016. And in those emails, we discovered that Podesta and associates were using known pedophile code words in a context that does not apply to food.
0: He was talking about getting cheese pizza at Comet Pizza and Ping Pong or something like that. It's like a, a... a pizza place you go to there in D.C. that a lot of people go to. They just go there and they eat pizza. He said, I'm going to get a cheese pizza. You want to come over with me and uh, we'll talk about our business or whatever? And she sees that in the emails and she's like, oh my God, cheese pizza, CP. It stands for, God, I don't know how to say it. It stands for a child, Quack. basically, is what she said. She's making all these links and connections in her head that don't belong there. It's absolutely insane. And it got so big, again, this is one year before QAnon formed, got so big that a guy actually showed up to Comet, Ping Pong, and Pizza Parlor, or whatever it is, and wanted to see their basement to save all the children that they had tied up in the basement. They don't have a basement. He came with a gun. The cops arrested him, and I don't even know what happened to him after that, but that's what this conspiracy stuff does to people. Conspiracy theorists will make something out of absolutely anything dude It's talking about cheese pizza and they tie it back to mistreatment of children really yeah child corn as in corn on the cob you should say child cob yeah maybe go with that one
3: words in a context that does not apply to food and one of the main co-words they used was pizza
0: no <laughs> Okay, yeah. So he's talking about getting pizza at Comet Ping Pong and Pizza Parlor and that was the sign, I guess. Anyway, now you know what PizzaGate is. Elon Musk gave breath to the PizzaGate conspiracy theory. He promoted it. He convinced people that it was real. He get, he lent credence to it. There was somebody talking about it on Twitter and right under where they're talking about it, he says, "Weird" weird that there are so many people, you know, getting involved in this. I'll show you the uh, screenshots of his tweets in a second, but listen to Liz Crokin, qanon go absolutely wild over Elon Musk pointing a laser pointer at this, as she says.
3: You have Elon Musk putting a laser pointer on Pizzagate. Do you think that Elon Musk would be putting a laser pointer on Pizzagate if it was just a conspiracy theory, if it was a hoax, if it was fake.
0: She's using this as the pretext to believe that it's real. Of course, she'd use anything. Doesn't matter what it was. But this is really setting it up for her, really convincing her that Elon Musk is talking about it in the first place. It's just shameful. And the dude wonders why advertisers are jumping ship on Twitter. Really?
3: No. He would not be putting a laser pointer on Pizzagate if Pizzagate wasn't real. So since Elon Musk put a huge spotlight on Pizzagate, we finally have some really big accounts, some that have over a million followers talking about Pizzagate, acknowledging Pizzagate's real.
0: Pizzagate was debunked all the way back in 2016. It was nonsense then. It's nonsense now. Everybody knows that it's nonsense. Again, QAnon didn't come around until 2017. Pizzagate happened before QAnon happened, but QAnon formed out of the group that believed in the Pizzagate conspiracy. So the Pizzagaters were following around Hillary Clinton, convinced that she was doing something nefarious with children. They just didn't know what. And then they see all the, you know, the cheese pizza references in, in her campaign manager's emails, and they were ready to believe anything they were told about her. Sure enough, QAnon comes along, you know, Q Clearance Patriot, one guy who claimed to have top security clearance in the government, claims Hillary Clinton's about to be arrested for, I don't know, crimes against humanity and abusing children. Or so, who knows what it was about? And uh, it never happened, but it shot to the very, very top of the 4chan forums. It was stickied to the top by mods or something and, and lent credibility. They said, this guy is for real. That's how QAnon really started. And they were convinced that er- Hillary Clinton was doing something nefarious. So anyways, Pizzagate grew, or QAnon grew out of Pizzagate is the bottom line here. Now, one of the most popular sayings for QAnoners is... Follow the white rabbit. Elon Musk has actually posted follow and then a picture of a white rabbit, like an emoji of a white rabbit. He dog whistles to QAnon nonstop. Not only does he dog whistle to QAnon, especially through this Pizzagate thing, but he's also directly laid down some serious anti-Semitism. It's crazy. So take a look at this. I I logged a, a few of these screenshots. We'll see what he had to say. This is the Pizzagate tweet. Mitt Romney is a hologram, is the Twitter account that he responded to. Here is one that you didn't know, Elon Musk. David Brock was the boyfriend of James Alephantis, owner of Comet Ping Pong Pizza. Yes, the Pizzagate restaurant. Alephantis is a pizza shop owner at the time, was on GQ's 50 Most Powerful People in DC list. I don't know what that has to do with anything, how that proves anything at all. But why would Elon Musk even respond to it with anything at all? There's no reason to. He responds with weird, thus drawing his entire audience's attention to what was happening there. Really is drawing all of Twitter's attention to it because people cannot block Elon Musk or they couldn't as of a few months ago. I blocked him and I kept getting tweets from him in my timeline. He greenlit all of his posts to shoot to the s- straight to the top of the algorithm. So they're all over the place. He is spreading Pizzagate to everybody else on Twitter. Here's another example of what he did. This requires a little bit of lead up. There were a couple of tweets that he responded to. Let, let me just read the short little tweet thread here. To the cowards hiding behind the anonymity of the internet and posting Hitler was right. You got something you want to say? Why don't you say it to our faces? And it's a video of somebody. I'm not sure what it was about. That was from Charles Weber. A response from the artist formerly known as Eric. Okay, Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest now about Western Jewish populations coming to the disturbing realization that those hordes of minorities that support flooding their country don't exactly like them too much. You want truth said to your face? There it is. Pure, unadulterated anti-Semitism. Doesn't get clearer than that, right? Elon Musk says you have said the actual truth. Again, not just drawing attention to it, but affirming it for all of Twitter. Then he says, the ADL unjustly attacks the majority of the West, despite the majority of the West supporting the Jewish people in Israel. This is because they cannot, by their own tenets, criticize the minority groups who are their primary threat. It is not right and needs to stop. And then Elon loses a bunch of advertisers. Is there any surprise there? Anybody wonder why those advertisers are jumping ship? Seriously. Elon Musk, after being called out for all that anti Semitic garbage that he spewed, And the endorsement of Pizzagate, he goes on some New York Times thing to talk about the fact that advertisers jumped ship. Apple and Google and whoever else, Disney, they didn't want anything to do with Elon Musk or Twitter anymore because of the stuff he's saying. Not just stuff that's happening on the platform without his knowledge or whatever. The stuff Elon Musk is saying and giving breath to. This video came out late November, 2023. Listen to him complain about being canceled by advertisers.
6: Apology tour, if you will, that this had been said online. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope they stop. You hope? Uh, Don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No.
7: What do you mean? I
0: mean, he's acting defiant.
7: If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f yourself.
0: Just dead silence. There's an audience in there. I'm not exactly sure who was there. Maybe it was some big rich advertisers. Who knows? But they're just dead silent. I I love it. I love everything about it. He is burning his own reputation to the ground second by second at the moment.
7: But go
0: yourself is that clear i hope it is hey bob bob eiger uh ceo of disney's who's who he's referring to here
6: if you're in the audience beholden to those who uh have this view what do you do f
0: y g f y go yourself that's what he's saying i mean as this guy's about to aptly say you can say that all you want, but you know, you bought a forty three billion dollar company and you just ran it into the ground. You can say GFY till you're blue in the face, but you're just burning your reputation and your portfolio to the ground in the process. I, I understand
6: that but there's a reality too. <laughs> right? Yes. No, no. I, I, I mean, Linda no, Yaccarino right here and she's got to sell I, I, advertising.
0: Linda Yaccarino, I believe, is the CEO of Twitter officially. Right here and she's I, got to sell I, I, advertising.
7: Absolutely. So, um, no, no, totally. totally. So, 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 no, no, actually, what, what this advertising boycott is, uh, is, is.
0: People talk about him tripping over his words a lot. I don't really have a problem with that. Some people aren't good public speakers. And also, I understand that he has autism. He talked about that a little while back, right? On Saturday Night Live, I think he said that he has autism. So anyway, I don't mind the little, you know, tripping over words, trying to gather your thoughts and stuff. Some people need to do that. No, no,
7: totally. T- 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 so, so, no, no actually, what, what this advertising boycott is, uh, is, is going to do, it's, it's going to kill the company.
0: And whose fault's that going to be, Elon? Elon, the Jews need to stop harming Western society, Musk.
7: And do you think that and the whole world will know that those advertisers
0: killed the company? No, we're going to see that you tweeted out a whole bunch of messed up stuff about Jews, conspiracy theories. That's what we're going to see. That's what everybody's watching play out right now. We are watching Elon Musk lend credibility to QAnon. Is, Is there really any surprise? Nobody would want any part of this.
7: And the whole world will know. That those advertisers killed the company and we will document it in great detail
0: but there are those
6: advertisers i imagine are going to say they're going to say we didn't kill the company oh yeah they're going to say tell it
0: to to earth tell it to earth he says but they're going to say that they're going to say
6: elon that you killed the company because you said these things and that they were inappropriate things and that they didn't feel comfortable on the platform right that's that's what they're
7: going to say and let's see how earth responds to that
0: Let's see how Earth responds to it. God, he has delusions of grandeur if I have ever seen them before. I'm not saying that he has bipolar disorder. I don't have any reason to believe that, and I don't know that. But delusions of grandeur are part of a component of bipolar disorder. So I've seen delusions of grandeur where you believe you're the biggest, you're the best, the smartest, you're like one in a billion kind of person, you know. Kanye West had this problem when he was you know, kind of falling apart and in the public eye. You could clearly see that the dude had bipolar disorder because of the delusion that he was the biggest and best when he simply is not, you know. I mean, yeah, he's a great artist. Fantastic. But one in a billion, incredible, the smartest, the richest, the biggest, the best. Delusion of grandeur, man. It doesn't matter how rich you are or how good of an artist you are. There's always probably somebody better than you in some area, at least. Uh, what we're seeing here is like a delusion of grandeur from Elon Musk. Like he's the biggest and the best. And he is innocent of all wrongdoing. And everybody in, on planet Earth is on his side, apparently. It's going to be well documented. Again, not saying he has bipolar disorder. Don't have any reason to say that. I'm just comparing it, basically. That's all. That's and, what i
7: are And let's see how Earth responds to that. Something, okay, this, then this goes back to... We'll, the, me, we'll both make our cases, right? And we'll see what the outcome is.
6: What are the economics of that for you? I mean, you, you have enormous resources, so you can actually keep this company going for a very long time.
0: Well, Elon Musk got a whole bunch of loans from, like, the Saudi Arabia and some other people, I believe, like, billion-dollar loans to... By twitter in the first place i mean he could have sold his stock he chose not to just he he really dropped the ball on this one Is so stupid so stupid everything about it is stupid i honestly thought that this guy was really very smart and then he started talking he opened his mouth and i found different insane absolutely insane and disgusting that he has a level of power that he does in this world and he's posting anti-semitic conspiracy theories to the entire world for everybody to see but it's it's gonna be the advertiser's fault right it's their fault that your company is failing totally totally anyway let me know what you think about it in the comments this dude's terrible and it's just sad that he's lending credibility to pizzagate and qanon this way That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon. And take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long form breakdowns of stuff like this. And Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelists and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last so you can jump in anywhere, and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com, and while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.